Open your Bibles first of all this morning to Romans chapter 1 and go ahead and be thinking about 2 Corinthians chapter 3. That'll be the next verse we'll go to. And uh, there are two phrases that I want to point out in these verses. First of all, in Romans chapter 1. Beginning in verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, first to the Jews and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now the phrase I want you to see, and I want to emphasize this morning, is the phrase from faith to faith. Say that with me. From faith to faith. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, or or, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And look at verse 18. But we all, with open face, beholding as it is in the glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And the phrase I want you to notice there is, from glory to glory. Say that with me. From glory to glory. Now say this, from faith to faith, and from glory to glory. Say it again, from faith to faith, and from glory to glory. Sounds like progression to me. Sounds like advancement. Amen. From faith to faith, and from glory to glory. Now, I want to read a couple other translations here. First of all, Romans chapter 1, verse 17, from the Passion Translation. This gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. It, it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. So notice that's talking about progression and advancing. The Amplified says, leading to faith that arouses more faith. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, from the message translation, our lives become brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives. Our lives become brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives. Once again, we're talking about progression. The Passion Translation says, we are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. Progression. The New International Version says, ever increasing glory. And then the New Living Translation says, makes us more and more like him. So these verses are talking about, among some other things, but our theme is progression and advancing. So it's obvious that God is interested in you and I progressing and advancing. It's never his will that we remain as we are. Can you say amen? How many of you have, have noticed and couldn't testify that since you became a believer, whenever that was, for me it was... 54 years ago, next month, 55 years ago, that you have advanced. Amen. 
I am not that same man. And I trust you're not that same man or you're not that same woman. I trust if you are a man, you're still a man. If you're a woman, you're still a woman, okay? But <laughs> you, should, you should have come a lot further since you received Christ, whatever time that was or however long ago that was. How many of you in here can say uh, you received Christ longer than 55 years ago? Okay. There's a few people in here. Praise the Lord. Have you advanced? Oh, I can tell by the smile on your face. Are the others that lifted their hand, have you advanced? Let me ask you this. Has your faith grown? Are you capable of believing things now that looked impossible years ago? Amen. Amen. Notice that's going from faith to faith. I like every once in a while going back, particularly every, uh, at the beginning of the year, every year, I like going back to my very first, when I was known as Jerry Savelle Evangelistic Association, before we became an international ministry, uh, I like going back to my very first board meeting and, and reading over uh, the financial statements and what it took for this ministry to operate for one year back then. Now, I worked with Brother Copeland, as most of you know, uh, from about 71 to 70, into 73, and then launched out into this ministry. So my first uh, board meeting was at the end of 1974. How many years ago is that now? 49, 49. 49 years ago, okay? So my very first board meeting for Jerry Savelle Evangelistic Association was 49 years ago. And if I told you what it took to operate for that whole year, I cannot operate for one day today what it took one year back then. So I'd say my faith has grown. I'd say that I've gone from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And I give God all the praise for it. Amen. It's not because I'm so smart. It's not because... You know, I'm so good. It's because he's so good. But I am smart enough to do what he said. And the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's exactly what I did. I, I, I got in the word and I stayed in the word and I have remained in the word. I, you know, you would think after 54 years that you know everything there is to know about living by faith. That's not the way I feel about it. And you shouldn't feel that way about it either. It's just about time you think, you know, all there is to know, go open that book again and you'll find out the word of God is inexhaustible. Amen. We are just scratching the surface. We got a whole lot of catching up to do in the next few years. Amen. Praise God. So it's a wonderful thing to know that we can go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Now, the word glory, you remember a number of years ago, we did an in-depth study on the glory of God. Remember the, the word of the Lord back then, many years ago, was that uh, we would get up every day declaring, show me your glory. And so if you're going to say to the Lord, show me your glory, then you need to understand what the glory is. And we learned from the Bible that the glory of God is the manifested presence of God, the manifested goodness of God and the manifested power of God. And notice here, Paul says that we go from glory to glory. I would say that you could 
imply that we are to go from one level of experiencing his presence, his power, and his goodness to another level of experiencing it. And when we reach that level, there's another level. When we reach that level, there's another level. Amen. There's always another level. Amen. For somebody to go around saying, I have arrived. You haven't. You are arriving, but you haven't arrived. There's still much more to experience. Amen. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Even though many of us have experienced a lot of things in our walk with the Lord up to this point, but I know because the word says so, there's much, much more. So Paul is telling us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, talking about going from glory to glory, the more we focus on Christ and the more we put his word into our hearts, then the more the Holy Spirit transforms, transforms us into the image of Christ himself. We're becoming more and more like Christ. Amen. You know, I, I, I heard my daughter say one time, Daddy, you're the most Christ-like man I know. That's, that's probably the greatest compliment my children have ever given me. Amen. To know that your children think you're the most Christ-like person they know. Well, I've got a long ways to being, you know, totally conformed to his image. But trust me, I'm a lot further along than I was when I first started. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So notice here, as we continue to focus on Christ and continue to put his word into our spirits, then we will go from one level of glory to another. And eventually we will be conformed into the image of Christ. In other words, we think like him. We talk like him. We act like him. We get the results he gets. Can you say amen? Amen. So look at somebody and tell them, I'm going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Now, the apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter one and verse six, he said, uh, I am confident that he who began this good work in you will perfect it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Now, the message translation says this way. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm headed for a flourishing finish. And then the Passion Translation says, I'm fully convinced that the one who began this gracious work in you will faithfully continue the process. He will faithfully continue the process. So I believe the word that the Lord has given me for us and actually to the body of Christ, wherever he might send me, is certainly applicable for the time in which we live. God is going to take us from where we are to progressing and advancing. And promotion is another blessing that'll come along the way, praise God. As we progress, as we advance, then we're going to experience promotions. And because of that, our highest expectations will be fulfilled. 
So I'm fully expecting, even though I've come a long ways since 54 years ago, but I'm, I'm fully expecting that 2024, I am going to experience so much progression, so much advancement, and so much promotion, you may not even recognize me by the by we reach the end of the year. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want to encourage all of you to set your faith toward that goal, progressing, advancing, and promotion and highest expectations being fulfilled. I, I don't sit around and, you know, in October and just try to think of something real cute. Oh, that sounds cute. I'll just tell them that's what the Lord said. No, I don't do that. I have a respected ministry. Uh, people respect it all over the world and I'm not going to blow it right here at the end just making stuff up. Amen. 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 Now, I know it seems like there are more prophets than there are Christians in the land today. Amen. I've never heard so many prophetic words in all my life. Everybody's a prophet now. If you've been saved three weeks, you're a prophet now, you know, and, and, you know, some of those are self-appointed and some of them you just have to ignore, you know, but it, it, particularly if it doesn't line up with the word, amen. amen. And I, I don't go around all over the world saying I'm a prophet, even though brother Copeland set me apart in one of the conventions recently, back a few years ago and said, Jerry, it's time for you to accept the office of the prophet. Well, I don't go around calling myself a prophet all the time. If I am, I must be a minor one. Because <laughs> I don't have a prophetic word for everybody that comes in contact with me. And I'm telling you, some folks, dear Lord, they must sleep at the throne of God. They hear so many <laughs> words from God. While God's sleeping, they're awake running the universe in his behalf, you know. There's some people that I come in contact with every time they see me. I got a word for you. I got a word for you. Uh, I had a prophetic dream about you. Uh, I had a night vision about you. Why is God talking to everybody else about me and he don't tell me anything? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Am I that dense? I can't hear. Now, I believe I can hear God myself. Now, there are a few people that when they say, Jerry, the Lord said this to me and he wanted me to bring this to you or share this with you, that I, I receive it because I know, I know their position in God and position in Christ. Uh, Kenneth Hagin prophesied over me numerous, numerous times and I certainly welcomed it when he did. I have a picture in my archives where uh, he called Carolyn and I up in one of his meetings and, and laid hands on us and prophesied over us. Brother Copeland's done it numerous times. Brother Roberts has prophesied over me numerous times. First time I ever met the man. When he called me to his office, he was watching me on Kenneth Copeland's broadcast, preaching a message that the Lord had given me in a, in a divine appearance that I did not know was going to happen. I did not ask for it. Happened in Charlotte in 1981. Caught me off guard. I didn't know it was going to happen. And, and 
the Shekinah glory of God filled my hotel room to the point I couldn't even see the furniture anymore. And Jesus appeared and, and gave me a message. And that message has gone around the world and, and people are still giving me testimonies of what that message has, has, has done in their lives. And uh, uh, when I got over to the meeting that night, Brother Copeland said he was supposed to close the service out. It was the last night of the meeting. He said, uh, Jerry, I'm not preaching tonight. The Lord visited you today to come tell us what he said. And so I, I brought that message and it was a prophetic word, even though I wasn't a prophet. But the Lord gave me that word because the body of Christ desperately needed it. And the word was, my people are in financial famine. And I'm going to give you the keys that will bring them out and hold you responsible for sharing it everywhere you go. And I preached it that night in that convention with over 10,000 people there. And it was one of the greatest uh, miracle services, financial miracle services that we'd ever experienced. And I took it to the world. I left there and I went to South Africa and took it to Ray McCauley's church, Rama Bible Church in Joburg, South Africa. And, and it, it absolutely transformed the church of, with, with financial breakthroughs, praise God. Amen. Amen. And so I know I heard from God. Amen. And as I said, that was 1981. I'm still getting testimonies from it. In fact, Eric can tell you, when we were at Rodney Howard Brown's church some time ago, Joe was with me. Rodney and his wife, Adonica, were in that meeting in South Africa in 1981. And they, they, they gave in the offering that night when I preached that message, Sowing in Famine was the title. And I preached that message and they gave what they had and was believing God to have enough money to get out of debt and move to America because he knew that God wanted him to become a missionary to America. <laughs> Amen. And he, and he told me in that meeting that that was, the, he said to his church, he said, now you've heard me tell this story time and time again, but I never told you who it was. He said, a man came to South Africa and preached a message that changed man in Adonica's life. And that's what brought us to America. And that's what we attribute the success of this ministry to. And that man was our speaker tonight, Jerry Savelle. Amen. Amen. Well, I was, I was overwhelmed by the testimony of him. Of course, I, I had met Rodney during that time, just briefly, but I didn't know the impact that that message had on his life. And, and, uh, uh, and then he testified it to that, uh, to that, and said, "Now I'm I'm able to tell people wherever I share this message that the man who brought it to me was Jerry Savelle. So I know I've heard from God. Amen. 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 I know that this is a year. Now, Brother Copeland received prophetic word every year." And the word that the Lord gave him was 2024, the year of more and more and more and more. That sounds like progression to me. That sounds like advancement to me. I mean, usually every year, uh, what the Lord says to Brother Copeland and what he says to me, even though it's not the same wording, but it's certainly related. 
It's saying the same thing, praise God. So I want to encourage you, set your faith right now, if you haven't already, that this can be your year for advancement and progression and promotion. Now remember, there were prerequisites. It's not going to just happen automatically. And what were they? Number one, stay in faith. Number two, remain focused on the promises of God. Number three, don't let anything that's happening in the world distract you. Amen. And if you will follow those instructions, then it's going to be a great year. Praise God. Can you say amen? I encourage you to do this as well. Like Paul said in Philippians, uh, uh, looking past, uh, looking beyond the past. Amen. No matter how bad your past was, no matter what happened in 2023, good or bad, if it was good, continue to praise God for it. If it wasn't so good, forget it. It's a new time. It's a new season. God's the author of new things. Can you say amen? amen? So just set your sights on what God is telling us that we can expect this year if we'll follow his instructions. So notice it is obvious throughout the word of God, and I've just given you a couple of references here, that God is interested in you and I progressing. It's never his will that we remain the same in any area of our lives. Certainly not remain the same spiritually. Certainly not remain the same physically. Certainly not remain the same soulishly. Certainly not remain the same financially. Amen. I was uh, uh, able to bless someone here recently that was in a, uh, a need that uh, uh, was pretty crucial to them. Was sharing uh, about it with me. And uh, I said, well, you know, I can take care of that. And it was a pretty large need. I said, I can take care of that for you. I believe in him. I trust him. Uh, he's a, a wonderful man of God. I said, I, I, I can take care of that for you. I said, just come by the office and we'll have a check ready for you. And I remember when he called me and thanked me, he says, someday I'm going to be able to do that. Well, I remember, I remember back when I first started, you know, and, and, uh, you know, a thousand dollars was a great sum of money when you don't have a job as such, don't have a a guaranteed income and you need a thousand dollars in your ministry just to keep the doors open. That's a large amount. And in the natural, you don't have it and you don't know where you're going to get it and you don't con people and you don't stand in front of people and saying, uh, I need a thousand dollars. Is God talking to you? (laughs) I never did that and I never will. Amen. And then somebody called and say, "Uh, Jerry, the Lord impressed upon me uh, that you need a thousand dollars. Can I come over and bring it to you? I said, you have heard from God. And then my thought was, boy, someday I'm going to be able to do that. Someday when somebody calls me and they're in need, I'll be able to meet that need. Amen. 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 That's progression. 
That's advancing. Amen? That's promotion, praise God. Now, here's a key. Here's a real important key that a lot of Christians haven't learned. If you're faithful in little, I'll make you ruler over much. You have to show God that you can be faithful in little. Amen. I remember back there, 1969, and when I surrendered my life to the Lord, and uh, I wrote Brother Copeland a letter. I don't know if he still has it in his archives or not, but I wrote him a letter. And, that, and of course, he'd only been in the ministry two years at that time himself. And yet, but his faith, of course, I'm just starting. I just got born again. So his faith was certainly at a higher level than mine. And I wrote him a letter. I'm still living in Shreveport, Louisiana. I said, dear brother Copeland, I just want you to know the message you brought in that meeting in Shreveport at Life Tabernacle uh, changed my life. And if I had a thousand dollars, I would put it into your ministry right now so you could reach other Jerry Savelles like me who need this message. I said, but I don't have a thousand. I don't have a hundred. I don't even have 10 to send you. But I'm not without seed. Now, that's, the Lord said that to me that morning. I said, Lord, I, I want to sow into Brother Copeland's ministry, but I don't have any seed. He said, yes, you do. I said, well, if I do, I don't know where it is. <laughs> he said, prayer. Amen. He said, tell him in that letter, you'll get up every morning at six o'clock and spend the first hour of your day praying for him and his family and his ministry. I said, that's all the seed I have, Brother Copeland. And I signed it, Jerry Savelle. Well, I remember the time when that thousand dollars came to me. Oh, and I thought of 900 things I could do with it. And the Lord said, you remember what you wrote in that letter? If you had a thousand dollars? I said, yes. He said, well, are you a man of your word? See, he was, he was proving me. Will I be faithful in little? If I'm faithful in little, he'll make me ruler over much. Now, I don't know any other way to, to call or to term that as progression. If you're faithful in little, he'll make you ruler over much. If you desire to be able to bless people more than you are able to right now, then just stay in faith, stay in the word and never stop sowing. And if you show God you are faithful and little and every time God blesses you, honor him with a portion of it. Let me try this side of the auditorium. (laughs) When he blesses you, honor him with a portion of it. Amen. Now, I realize I'm going to say something right now that some folks probably won't like. And if you write me an ugly letter, I'm not going to read it. (laughs) Tithing is one of the ways that you can show God you're faithful. Amen. 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 That you're faithful in what he blesses you with. That you're willing to give a portion of it back to him. And notice, you know, I mean, under the old covenant, he only asked for 
And if you can't honor him with 10%, then try to live on the 100% you kept. You know, um, this was not in my notes. It's your fault. You're directing me here. Well, should I say that? I'll just, I'll just give you the Savelle translation. Under the Old Testament, if you kept the tithe, even though God said, bring it, then it was like a stick of dynamite in the remainder of your surplus. I'm just paraphrasing. It was hallowed. In other words, if you kept what God said, bring him, then it had a way of backfiring on you. It's the best way I can put it. It would backfire on you. Have you ever noticed, man, these are not in my notes. Have you ever noticed that when you held back, knowing you should give it, that things started coming apart? Yes. The refrigerator quit fridging. The air conditioning broke. The transmission went out. I mean, just one thing after another. And you're thinking, dear God, why is all this happening to me? Well, could it be you open the door for the adversary? Getting quiet in this church. Now, do what you want to do. It's your choice. God's not going to make you. But I can tell you, I'm living proof that if you are faithful in little, God will make you ruler over much. And that's progression. That's advancement. Amen. How many of you want to be ruler over much? Hallelujah. Then prove to God that you can be faithful in where you are right now. That's how you get to the next level. Praise God. Okay, enough said about that. So notice here that even though uh, there are several ways that we could uh, talk about faith to faith and glory to glory, what I want you to consider it as being advancement and progression going from one degree to another or from one level to another. So God is interested in us progressing and advancing. Now go with me to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. And you remember the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And we know that when the Apostle Paul wrote letters, he was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He didn't just sit under a tree one day and say, I believe I'll write a letter to the church in Colossae. What should I say? And just come up with a nice letter. Now, sometimes these letters weren't always nice. Sometimes it came in the form of a rebuke. Sometimes it came in the form of correction. 
And then other times it came in the form of admonition or encouragement. So notice here, Paul writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Colossians chapter one and verse nine. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. <coughs> that you might be filled with all wisdom. <coughs> I waited too late to take my drink of water. <coughs> that you might be filled with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now notice in verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Everybody say fruitful Fruitful. and increasing. Fruitful and increasing. Say it again. Now, the word fruitful means productive. The word increasing, we can give several definitions, growing, becoming greater, abounding, advancing. So notice here, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul is praying that believers, not only in Colossae, wherever you might find believers, including in Crowley, Texas, that they might be fruitful and increasing. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm supposed to be fruitful and I'm supposed to increase. Fruitful, productive, increase, advancing. I found in Vine's dictionary that the word increasing also implies to grow beyond measure. To grow beyond measure. In other words, we grow so much in our faith and in, in, in every area of our lives that it's almost difficult for anybody to measure that growth. Amen. 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 Look at your neighbor and say, that's where I'm headed. Amen. So yes, God is interested in you and me progressing and advancing. In fact, to fail to increase, to fail to advance, and to fail to progress is a violation of your covenant rights. It's a violation of your covenant rights because your covenant guarantees increase. Your covenant guarantees progression and advancement. It did in the Old Testament and it certainly does in the New Testament as well. Let's take a look in Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. God says to Abram, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Underline that phrase or highlight it. 
I will multiply you exceedingly. Now, he wasn't just referring to offspring, even though that is included. He was going to multiply him in offspring. Amen. He's the father of faith. And so he talks to him about his seed, offspring. But it is obvious if you read Abraham's life that it included more than multiplying him in offspring. He multiplied him in every area of his life. In fact, there's evidence of it in chapter 24. Go there with me. Chapter 24. Bless you. Empower you to prosper. Look at verse one. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Now, would you say that that includes more than just offspring? He had blessed him in all things. There are other uh, translations that say in every way. Now, the word blessed means empowered to prosper and empowered to increase. The message translation says God did this for him in every way. One commentary states, God blessed Abraham in every way, including riches and wealth. Another translation says in everything. And then another commentary says with all kinds of blessings. God blessed Abraham with all kinds of blessings. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And if possible, could you put verses 1 through 13 on the screen from the message translation? All right, let's look at this. You can read it in your King James, but I want to read it specifically from the message translation. If you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, and heartily obey all his commandments that I command you today, God, your God, will place you on high, high above all the nations of the world. All these blessings, all these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God, your God, God's blessings inside the city. Now here they are. God's blessings in the country. God's blessings on your children, the crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, God's blessing on your basket and bread bowl, God's blessing in your coming in, God's blessing in your going out. God will defeat your enemies who attack you They'll come at you on one road and run away on seven roads. God will order a blessing on your barns, on your workplaces. He'll bless you in the land that God, your God is giving you. God will form you as a people holy to him, just as he promised you. If you keep the commandments of your God, your God, and live the way he has shown you. Hallelujah. And all the people of the earth, will see you living under the name of God and hold you in respectful awe. God will lavish you with good things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will lavish you with good things. 
That sounds like advancement and progression to me. God will lavish you with good things, children from your womb, offspring from your animals, crops from your land, the land that God promised your ancestors that he would give you. Hallelujah. God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults and pour rain on your land on schedule and bless the work you take in hand. You will lead many nations. You, you will lend to many nations, but you yourself won't have to take out a loan. God will make you the head and not the tail. You'll always be top dog and never bottom dog. As you obediently listen to and diligently keep the commandments of God, your God, that I am commanding you today, don't swear an inch on the right or swerve on an inch. Don't swear an inch to the right or left from the words that I command you today by going off following and worshiping other gods. Does that sound like God blessed him in everything, in every way? I don't think the Bible left out anything. And that was the story of Abraham's life. Not only his life, but the Bible says, God told him, I will bless your seed in their generations. Amen. Now we know Isaac was seed of Abraham in his generation. But Jerry and you are the seed of Abraham in our generation. Hallelujah. So I'm entitled to those same blessings. In fact, I encourage you to take that message translation and, and maybe uh, type it up, put it on, on something that you can see often, highlight it in your message Bible if you have one, and just decree it every day. Here's what I'm entitled to. Hallelujah. Here's what I'm entitled to as the seed of Abraham. God wants to bless you with all kinds of blessings. I just read to you all kinds of blessings. And Paul says, if you belong to Christ, then are you an heir according to the promise? Let me see the hands of all the heirs. Then praise God, what is holding you back from progressing? And advancing. Amen. The only people of God who fail to progress and advance are people who lack knowledge or reject knowledge. Read it in Hosea. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And it goes on to say they have rejected knowledge. So there's, there, there's primarily two reasons why most Christians or many Christians are not advancing and progressing. They lack knowledge. Well, this group doesn't like knowledge. I said, you don't like knowledge in here. If you come to church here, you're going to be filled with knowledge. You're going to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Amen. Now, it's possible that you could come and reject knowledge. But I wouldn't think anybody in here would do that. (laughs) Amen. But you know, there might be someone that stumbles in and they're religious minded 
and they can't get past their religious tradition. And they just can't handle it. You know, I don't believe God wants me to prosper. I don't believe God wants me well. I don't believe God wants to bless me in all things. See, that's rejected knowledge. And guess what? Those people will either stay where they are or get worse. But people who receive knowledge, they're going to progress. And they continue to receive knowledge. They're going to keep on progressing, praise God. Look at your neighbor and tell them this. This will be the last time you will see me like I am right now. And give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This will be the last time you will see me like I am right now. Praise God. Glory to God. I'm progressing. I'm advancing. I'm ready for promotion. Amen. So once again, to fail, to increase, and to progress is a violation of your covenant rights. Now we know that everything that we receive from God is through faith. And God has taken care of that. The moment you invited Jesus into your life to become Lord and Savior of your life, the Bible tells us in Romans 12 that God dealt the measure of faith to you. Go there with me, Romans chapter 12. So if you're born again, you have faith. It could be you're not using it or it's lying dormant. It's like the person said to Brother Hagin that time. Brother Hagin, I have all the faith in the world. He said, that's your problem. You still have it. You're not releasing any of it. <laughs> Romans chapter one. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12. We've already dealt with Romans chapter one. Verse one, I knew there was a one in there somewhere. <laughs> I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now notice how this verse starts. I beseech you, brethren. So he's not talking to all men. He's talking to brethren. People that are born again. Amen. Amen. Now there is a scripture in uh, Thessalonians that says, uh, not all men have faith. Not all men have faith. But Paul's not referring to that group in this chapter here. He's talking to believers, brethren. Huh? You don't go around calling sinners brethren. Unless you're speaking things that are not as though they were, you know. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The brethren are those that are uh, in, in Christ with like precious faith. So notice he's talking to believers. Brethren, and then verse two, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, there's another key. We're not talking to the world. 
Paul's not talking to every man. It's talking to every man among you, among this group of believers. Are believers anywhere you might find them? But he's specifically talking to people who have received Christ in their life. I pray through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man, let's include this, among you, among the brethren, the measure of faith. Now in the little Greek, that word measure is metron. And it means a portion taken from. A portion taken from. Jesus said in the 11th chapter of Mark, talking to his disciples when, they, when he, they saw him curse that fig tree and then the next morning they brought it to his attention and he said, have faith in God. Other translations say, have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. So this portion taken from is referring to God's faith. The moment you made Jesus the Lord of your life, God took a portion, a measure of his faith and deposited in your spirit. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, did you know the same faith of God that created the universe, a portion of it was deposited in me. Wow, think about that. A portion of God's faith was deposited in you the moment you made Jesus the Lord of your life. Now you've heard me tell the story. That's my sermon. I want to hear it again myself. When I first came to the Lord and, and I'm just beginning to learn about faith and what faith could do and what faith could produce and, and how faith overcomes the world and everything, obviously, reading those verses, you, you, I trust it did the same to you that it did to me. It, 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 it uh, encouraged me that, praise God, I don't, I don't have to remain a loser the rest of my life. I don't have to remain as I was just a few days ago before Christ came in. And so I got hungry for faith. And all I had at the time was those reel-to-reel tapes of Kenneth Copeland's services that he had preached at Life Tabernacle that, that week. And so I'm listening to those tapes. And the, the first tape was entitled, The Word of Faith. I still have that same tape player, and I still have those same tapes in my archives right now. And if you were to walk in my archives, you would see that tape is still on the reel. <laughs> the Word of Faith. And, and I'm learning about faith. And, and, and I couldn't get enough. And so, you know, Kenneth Copeland lives in Fort Worth. I'm in Shreveport. I couldn't go to him every day and say, teach me more, teach me more. I had the tapes. But what, what, what would it have been like to, for Kenneth Copeland to come sit in my living room and just, you know, train me, teach me? That would have been outstanding, wouldn't it? But I didn't have that privilege. And so I thought, well, surely somebody in the church knows something about faith. 
I mean, this is a full gospel church. Well, they said they were. (laughs) So I started trying to find somebody in that church that knew something about faith the way Kenneth Copeland taught it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I was told there's a lady in the church that she had great faith. Her husband had great faith. He'd gone on to be with the Lord. But so I, I went to her one, one day after a service. I said, they tell me you have great faith. Can you teach me how to have great faith? She said, well, don't think you'll ever have faith like Oral Roberts. I said, well, ma'am, I never even thought of that. But since you brought it up, why not? Why can't I have faith like Oral Roberts? She said, he's special. I thought, well, what are the rest of us? <laughs> and then she proceeded to give me this great revelation. The reason Oral Roberts was special was because of his name. And that's the reason he had great faith. It was because of his name. I said, his name? What does his name have to do with anything? She said, his name is Oral. Don't you know what Oral means? I said, what does that have to do with anything? I said, Oral is not really his first name. His first name is Granville Oral Roberts. She said, that's the reason he doesn't go by his first name. He goes by Oral. She said, don't you know anything? I said, apparently not. That's the reason I'm talking to you. She said, in the Bible, Names meant something. Abraham meant the father of many nations, the father of faith. You know, she proceeded to tell me what Joseph meant, what this one meant, what that one meant. I said, okay, but oral? What's so special about oral? She said, it means the spoken word, the spoken word, the spoken word. God gave him the name, the spoken word. And that's the reason he has great faith. And your name is Jerry. And then she walked off. (laughs) Carolyn asked me on the way home, she said, did you learn anything? I said, I'm not sure. I said, I know Oral got the spoken word. And that's the reason he has great faith. And my name's Jerry. She said, I couldn't have faith like Oral Roberts. I mean, this woman's been in this a long time. So uh, I know she knows a lot more than I do. So just in case, I went to my dictionary that day and found the word Jerry, (laughs) hoping that it would mean thunder and lightning, glory, hallelujah, miraculous. You know what it said? The slang name of a German. That's what, that's what the GIs called the Germans during World War II, Jerry's. I said, God, you gave all the spoken words. You gave me the slang name of a German. How will I ever have faith? He said, I don't have anything to do with it, son. He said, the only difference between you and Oral Roberts, I gave him the same measure that I gave you. The difference is Oral took his, mess, his measure and grew it. You can take your measure and grow it. I said, thank you very much. How do you grow it? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. So I grew my faith. I, I started with the measure I was given and I grew it. And it's not the same measure it was 54 years ago, 55 years ago. Now later, I had the privilege of visiting with a, a rabbi. And he said, uh, by the way, have you ever uh, wondered what your name means in the Hebrew? I said, I know what it means in Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> he said, well, in the Hebrew, it's a derivative of Jeremiah. And it means appointed by God. Yes. Now, the next time I was at ORU and I preached with Oral Roberts, he's sitting right on the front row. I shared that story and Brother Roberts is laughing, he's poking Evelyn and laughing. And then I said, now Brother Roberts, I got to visit a rabbi and he told me that Jerry means appointed by God. And I said, look out Oral. <laughs> Amen. But that don't have anything to do with it. I mean, what, is, what do you suppose your name means? I mean, what do you suppose your name would mean? Some of you, if you found out, you'd have wished you hadn't looked. Yes, sir. Amen. But that don't have anything to do with it. It's what you do with that measure that counts. Amen. You can take the measure God gave you and you can grow it. And when you grow it, it's going to bring advancement. It's going to bring progression. It's going to bring promotion. Can you say amen? amen? Give the Lord a shout if you receive that. Praise God. Now, listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. When your faith is increased, talking to the believers in Corinth, when your faith is increased, notice he didn't say if your faith is increased, but when it is increased. In other words, God's expecting you to increase your faith. The message translation says that your lives grow in faith. That your lives grow in faith. And then, of course, we know that Jesus says that according to your faith, be it unto you. This is how we receive everything we receive from God is according to our faith. The New Living Translation says, because of your faith, it will be done. Because of your faith, it will be done. So Jesus is telling us that God desires us to have faith. Paul tells us we can grow our faith and praise God as we grow our faith, then we're going to advance and progress in every area of our lives. Now, how many of you in here believe that God truly wants you blessed? Yes. Lift your hand and say, I believe it with all my heart. How many of you believe he wants you blessed in every way? Yes. Say, I believe it with all my heart. Then what's stopping you from going for it? Amen. What's stopping us from going for everything God says we can have? Now, let me ask you this question. Do you believe the word of God is a revelation of the will of God? God would never say something in his word and then will the opposite. So if we can find in his word, in this book, 
that he wants us to progress, that he wants us to increase. Will you accept it as being his will? So the Bible tells us from the writings of the apostle John, that if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know we have the petitions that we desired of him. So if we know his will and we ask according to his will, then God promises to respond by answering our petition, our request. Amen. So it should be no question as to whether or not God wants you to progress, whether or not God wants you to advance. We've seen it in the word. We've been talking about it for weeks now. We've seen it in the word over and over and over. We've seen it this morning again and again and again. What will it take for believers to believe that it's the will of God? And if it is the will of God and you ask him for the increase, the advancement, the progression, knowing that it is his will, then you can rest assured your petition will be granted. So look at your neighbor and tell them this. That's how I know know. that my 2024 will be a year of progressing, advancing, and promotion in the name of Jesus. And I believe I'll go ahead and praise him in advance for it. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him in advance. Glory to God. Bible tells us, as you well know, Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. And in Mark chapter nine, verse 23, Jesus said, if you can believe all things are possible to him that believeth. So you got God in whom nothing is impossible. And Jesus said, if you believe, then all things will be possible unto you. We got a win-win situation here, praise God. Amen. Amen. Every time God honors your faith, it's his way of demonstrating to you that you are capable of going from faith to faith and glory to glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you are involved right now? And I believe I'd probably get every hand lifted in here. How many of you are involved right now in some kind of faith project, a faith endeavor? You're believing God for something. Everybody in here is believing God for something. Now, if you're not believing God for anything, come and I'll give you a list of what you can believe for me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Everybody's believing God for something. Would you agree to that? You lifted your hand. And, and said that. So if we all are believing God for something, and Jesus said, faith will cause it to happen. What do you believe will be done for you? Then shouldn't we get up every day with a smile on our face? Yes. With confidence in our heart? Yes. A dance in our step? Yes. I, I get up... Many times, most of the time, with this thought, today could be my receiving day. 
Today could be my receiving day. Say that with me. Today could be my receiving day. Hallelujah. Now in second Thessalonians chapter one, verse three, Paul says, we are bound to thank God always for you because your faith groweth exceedingly. Your faith is growing exceedingly. The Passion Translation says, your faith is growing marvelously beyond measure. That's where God wants to take us. Our faith growing beyond measure. Hallelujah. And then one final thought. Luke chapter 18, verse 8 makes this statement. Jesus making it. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith in the earth. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith in the earth. Well, I'm going to answer that for me. If I am still alive at the time of the rapture of the church, which I expect to be. If I'm not, either way, I win. If I go out before the rapture, I win. If I'm here when the rapture takes place, I win. Either way. But if perhaps I am here at the time of the rapture, then I'd like to answer that question on my way up. Jesus, you said, will you find faith in the earth? Yes, sir. I was believing for the biggest project I was ever involved in before you took me out of here. Amen. He's going to find faith in me. Is he going to find faith in you? Hallelujah. So that means if he's going to be finding faith in us, then that means along the way, we're going to be progressing. We're going to be advancing. We're going to be experiencing promotion. Can you say amen? Amen. Don't ever stop growing your faith. Don't ever stop going from faith to faith. Don't ever stop going from glory to glory. Amen. Amen. God wants you to experience his absolute best in every area of your life. Now, I still got a few more minutes here and I want to tell you a story. If you study blood covenants, has any, any of you ever read E.W. Kenyon's little book on blood covenant? If you haven't, I'm, I'm, uh, Joe, I'm giving you an assignment. <laughs> See if that little book is still in print. Okay. And if so, I want us to order about a thousand of them. Okay. That little book, The Blood Covenant, absolutely impacted my life in the early days of my walk with the Lord. Brother Copeland sent me an entire set of E.W. Kenyon books along with his personal Bible. And in front of that Bible, he said to Jerry, a very dear and special friend, please receive my personal study Bible as your own. And then he said, uh, and said some other things. And then he said, and I've, I've given you some books that I learned so much from. And he sent me a box full of E.W. Kenyon books. New Creation Realities. Oh, it was just amazing. And this little book at the time, it was about this big and about this wide and about that thick. It was red on front and it was called The Blood Covenant. It was an eye-opening book. I couldn't put it down. 
And uh, in that little book, he talked about how that the blood covenant is still used in many places in the world today among tribes. And tribes that were stronger, a tribe that was weaker, knowing they couldn't defeat them, would endeavor to enter into a blood covenant with them. And there was the shedding of blood. And he talked about these tribes that were stronger in the continent of Africa and tribes that were much weaker and they would endeavor to cut the covenant, which meant they would make an incision and join their hands together and let blood flow among one another. And that was a token of the covenant. And they got that, even though it had become perverted along the way, they got it from Genesis, the blood covenant. God entered into a blood covenant with Abram. He had to shed his blood. Okay. And God took animals to represent him and shed their blood. And it entered, and Abraham entered into a covenant, a blood covenant. A blood covenant is the strongest form of agreement that exists. <clears throat> when I was a little boy watching cowboys and Indian movies, and I'd see, you know, the Native Americans uh, cutting the covenant. And me and uh, a young boy that I grew up with, we, we did that. We, we made an incision on our wrist and, and, and Jew just thought that was, you know, I didn't know anything. I just thought that was the coolest thing. Entered into a covenant. Now you may not believe this and I don't, I can't say that God honored that because that's, that's, you know, we don't have to do blood covenants today. The, that blood covenant today, Jesus shed his blood and there's no need for shedding blood anymore. Okay. But that, that boy I entered into covenant with, and I didn't even know the word covenant then. I just saw it on a movie. Two native Americans, you know, entered into a native American and a, and a white man, you know, entered into, you know, and I, I, they didn't even say the word covenant in the movie. I just thought it was the coolest thing. So we did that. Now, years later, he was in Vietnam. And I've already become a, a minister. And he, he wrote to me and, and told me that he was going to Vietnam. And so I'd pray for him often. And one night, I was awakened with him on my heart. And I, I had a vision. I saw him jumping out of the back of a deuce and a half truck. Now he was, uh, I don't know the name. Uh, he was a medic's assistant. Okay. So uh, he jumped out of the back of a deuce and a half truck and, and was fired at and ducked down just at the split second where it missed him. And he fell on the ground and rolled and got behind some protection. And so when he was released, 
when he made it back from Vietnam, when he came home and he married, I went to his wedding and I said, uh, before he and his wife left on the honeymoon, I said, Larry, I want to tell you something about an experience I had and you can verify it or tell me I was wrong. And I shared that, that vision with him. His eyes got this big. He said, that's exactly what, that was the closest to death I ever came while I was in Vietnam. He said, that bullet went right past me and I fell off the back of that truck and rolled in the ground and got under protection. And he said, that was the closest to death I ever came. Now, I'm not saying God honored the blood covenant between me and him. But somehow in the spirit, it linked us together. Yes, amen. And I became an intercessor for him. Okay. Now, John Maxwell tells the story that these two tribes were entering into a blood covenant. And the ceremony goes like this. There's one tribe standing over here, the other tribe facing them. And the first thing they do is as they begin to talk covenant, they speak blessings over each other. So this tribe would shout blessings to the other tribe. And then this tribe would shout blessings back to this tribe. And then after they had completed the blessing part of the ceremony, then they started shouting curses that if you ever break this covenant, this is what will happen to you. And then the other tribe would say, and if you ever break the covenant, this is what will happen to you. And this one tribe said to the other tribe, it was the worst thing they could think of in the form of a curse. May you, may you remain as you are. May you remain as you are. That was the worst thing they could think of as to a curse. Remaining as you are is a curse. Deuteronomy chapter 28 says, under the curses, the first 13 verses are the blessings. The remaining part of that chapter are curses. And one of the curses of, you will not prosper in any of your ways. That's remaining as you are. You will take much seed out and you will gather in little. That's a curse. That's remaining as you are. So I just want to close it with this. For you and I, to remain as we are right now and not progress and not advance and not experience promotion, not increase. That's a curse. And you're redeemed from the curse. You don't have to remain as you are. Say, I will never remain as I am. Tell somebody again, look at them right square in the eye and say, this will be the last time you ever see me the way I am right now and give the Lord your best shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. You receive that today? Hallelujah. God is good. Stand to your feet if you will, please. Now tonight begins our first things first conference. How many of you plan to be here? Oh, good. 
This is something the Lord placed on Pastor Justin's heart, asked me if I would assist him in it. So he and I will be starting tomorrow, I mean tonight, and go through Wednesday night. I want to encourage you to be here. I haven't discussed with Justin what the Lord's put on my heart. He hasn't discussed with me what the Lord's put on his heart. So we're coming just like you are, coming to hear and to receive. Can you say amen? amen? Now I have told you that the first night, which would be tonight, and we've been telling you this weeks in advance, that one of the first things in a first things first conference, one of the first things we ought to be doing beginning a new year is sowing our best seed. So tonight, come prepared to sow your best seed into the building program. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you to do that. We'll be praying over you. And I have a word that I want to share with you regarding that. And I believe, praise God, it's going to, it's going to set in motion the path to your advancement, praise God, Amen. to your progressing in Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands. Father, in, I pray in the name of the Lord for everyone within the sound of my voice. I pray that the word that you have given me today has lodged deeply in the hearts of those who heard it. I pray that they will be beyond hearers of the word, but doers of the word, and thereby being blessed in all their deeds. We pray over every person in Jesus' name. I pray as we, as we made it a confession this morning, a confession of faith, I pray that not one person will remain as they are today. That from this moment forward, they will increase, they will grow, they will, they will progress and, and, and go beyond where they are right now. In every area of their lives, that all these blessings, they will increase in blessings beyond anything they've ever experienced before. And oh Lord, I will never forget how powerful your favor on our lives is. So continue to increase your favor in their, in their behalf. Give them favor in ways they've never experienced it before. Beginning right now in Jesus' name. And we give you praise for it and we thank you for it. Amen and amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I receive it in Jesus' name. All right.